Welcome, everybody, back to Common Sense, the podcast. We've got an excellent show lined up for you guys here this week. And, you know, we're going to go through common sense, you know, the common sense of the journey that people take as they go through whatever journey it is that they're going through in life. We're going to talk about the good times, the bad times, and just kind of let, let that person tell their story and how common sense played a role in that. So this week we have a very special guest with us, my friend Baptiste Marquette Marchese. Marché. Marché. I can never do that right. You I did it right it. the first time, and then the second time I butchered it. Yeah. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. No, I mean, after watching you do the Cigar Talk Live with the guys, I was like, I told Biz, I was like. Tree time. Yeah, did, you've been on there a time. lot. You broke my record. Because at first, <laughs> I was the first one to be right back twice. Ah, yeah, so but I, I come from, like, more far away. Mm. So so you I got mean, the upper hand in there. Service, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he beat my record. So you can see he's probably, he's very competitive, as you guys are going to see in here. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. Because I don't think my audience knows what this French guy is doing no. in Texas right now. Sure. Yeah. So now I'm living here. That's yeah. basically first thing I do is living, living here. But I moved to Texas uh, some months ago uh, in November, actually. Yeah. But I used to come every year since five years and staying like more long and more long. So first time I just stay one week, like exactly six days. And I came back, it was uh, years after, and staying one month and two and three. And finally, I decided to move. What was it that made you pick Texas of a place to come visit and eventually call home? Okay, so, so the first time I didn't pick Texas, it just, uh, I used to be a professional sportsman and I came for a competition. So I traveled a lot of, all around the world. I, I did bench press competition yep. and I did a. Um, I was selected for a competition in Arlington, Texas. So my coach is was a Texan guy. So he just say he just put me on the list of the competitors for for this competition, and I was selected. So I just do I just came and show up for the competition, like every every place I did before. Like uh, like I said, I travel all around the world in all Europe, Africa, everywhere. So that was just, for me, that was just another average place, you know, yeah. like staying five days, doing the job, getting back home. But I fucking fell in love with Texas. Yeah. That what was, was it about Texas? That if I have to say one thing, because a lot of people ask me, why did I move to Texas? Yeah. If I have to say one word is freedom. Yeah. It is probably, you know, the most... Like close the closest word I can use for describing it, because, like I said few times, I travel all around the world, and there is no place like Texas for freedom. This is a true land of freedom. That's yeah, what I say. You can do pretty much anything, especially compared to a lot of other countries that are very restrictive. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's your hunting or fishing, so you can do what you want, you can be what you want, and you yeah. can become what you expect. That's what you can, like, you got the opportunity here to do what you, you know, to potentialize yourself. Yeah. So you, you have a company you found called Bench and Cigars. So let's tell everybody, and for those of you that don't know, 
This guy is like a YouTube rock star. I mean, <laughs> in France only. Yeah, in France. Only. So we're probably going to get a lot of French viewers here, which is really awesome. I'm totally down with that. I think that's going to be a really cool aspect to add to this. So tell everybody a little bit about, let's start about what did you start out doing in France? Like, where did your journey begin? Oh, so my life journey? Yeah, let's talk about, you know, like, I think you started out as a bouncer. So, Correct. So, like, when you so got like into I, the workforce. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I, I was a professional sportsman. I was a bench presser. But the thing is, bench press doesn't pay so much, especially when you're a rookie. So, during years and years before do, becoming a champion, I have to work on the side of the sports, you know, to, for a so living. champion bench pressing. I, 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 I used to be. Yeah, used to I, be I, I, I'm still the French record in my ca- in the 220 is, category. What what what? It's how much weight is that? 540 pounds. 540 pounds for the 220 God. category. I, so I just got back into working out. Okay, trying to lose weight. Congra- congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because when COVID happened, oh, yeah, before COVID, you, you I, everything I was getting. I was like 38. I was getting. I had 40 was around the corner. So I hired a trainer. And was like, I'm going to get back in really good shape, like back when I was playing sports. Oh, you was, like, you're you talking about your body weight? Yeah. You was, what? No, 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 I was 38. Years old. Years oh, old. Years old. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I got so it. So I was 38 years old, about to oh. be 40. Okay. And I was like, I need to yeah. get in better shape. Yeah, yeah. And I hired a trainer. Yeah, I can't I was doing that. really good. And then COVID happened. Oh. And then I stayed out of the gym for two years. Mm-hmm. And I went from, when I went to the trainer, I was 215, which was the most I'd ever weighed. 215 pounds. Yeah. I got back down to 205, but I'd put on a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. Well, then. Yeah, so it's definitely a, best, a better shape. Yeah. And COVID happened, and I was really trying to get down to like 185, mm-hmm. 190. That's really good for me with my frame yeah, and yeah. my height. And I was not getting there, but then COVID happened. And three and a half weeks ago, I was 236 pounds and super out of shape. <laughs> so I've already dropped. I've dropped 10 pounds. <clears throat> I'm down to 226 now. Lost about two inches off my waist, which I'm super happy with doing Alex's yeah, yeah. program. So, you know, I, I started really working back towards that. But even when I was in my prime, I can't tell you how happy I was. My upper body has never been my strength. Mm-hmm. Arms and like shoulders, I can kill, but chest and benching, I have always sucked at that. <laughs> like so, like hearing well, you say five hundred and forty pounds, like that's just mind blowing to me. Like I was happy when I put two forty fives and a thirty five on each but side, and I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting it now. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not the same when you just work out, like yeah. to be in shape, and when you dedicate all your life to lift the more in a specific move, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you can you cannot have any comparison. It's yeah, like, it's like saying, really it's, like, it's like saying, oh, I run every Sunday during the morning, but Usain Bolt is faster than me. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's not the same thing, you know? Right. But... Yeah, anyway, I, 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 so I started to work because I just, you know, finished the high school. I was 18 years old and I started to work. On, I, I was already like pretty mus- big, you know, I was like, I, I'm five, 
0.6 or 0.7. I never know, like my high. I yeah. never know because I count in centimeters. Right. And not in feet. So I think it's so five, five, seven. Five, seven, I think. I five, seven, and I was like something like 210 pounds. So I was pretty big for an 18 years old guy. I started, and I, I was looking like older than I was. So I got a lot of friends who was bouncing in some club. I started doing the same. That was a job who allow me to work only the weekend, like Saturday night, Friday night, sometimes Sunday night. Yeah. And I have all the week to, for working at. Because at a high level, I was already a re European champion when I was 18 years old. I was benching five, four, um, sorry, I was benching 400 pounds. I was a European champion. So I, 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 I already compete, compete at a high level. Yeah. And you can't have a work like whole day working, then go to the training and being competitive against guy who's like professional, like U Ukraine guy, Russian guy, like, you know, this kind of or American guy who's pay for doing that. You can be competitive. So working at, like having my job the weekend and the week to train, that was cool for me. So I did that during years. Then I become better and better in my spurs. I start to win some more title and set some records. So finally, I can be, I can stop bouncing and live, you know, off my sports. Yeah. And I open, uh, like I, I open my my coaching company, and start to prepare other athletes, just doing programming, you know, like personal training, seminar about bench press. Uh, I I still doing it. And so I was doing my, like the advertising on my Instagram. I used to got 4,000 subscribers because I was famous on in the like little world of powerlifting. Yeah. Then I decided and I see that people love what I did on Instagram. This was like, I didn't just put sports thing, but I put like everything, like country lifestyle. So it's seagulls, but every, like hunting, gastronomy, fishing, everything. I don't yeah. know, even religion, everything like that. And I saw that people enjoy that. So I say, okay, let's open a YouTube channel and doing the same things that I did on Instagram, but more in a professional way and see if I can get more customers for my coaching company. So the first thing was that. That was the only goal. Me and the guy I'm working with, we was expecting maybe like at most 10,000 subscribers, something like that. Okay. And finally, in fucking four months, we was 50,000. In one year, 100,000. One year in life, 200,000. Everything is scaled out quickly. And so finally, YouTube becomes the main thing. Like I opened a second company, like a video production company. Yeah. Then I opened a third company for closing branding and everything. And so finally, all my business are turning around. The, the YouTube channel was today my main business. That's amazing because YouTube's been my biggest struggle. Well, and not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, uh, it's, France it's, is in the building. Yeah, yeah France sure is watching are. right now. That's ah, awesome. Il y, y a des Français ici qui ont vu la story. Merci les gars. Yeah, we appreciate you greatly. Because um, YouTube was so prohibitive when I came into the sinks. You know, I just started doing the podcast last September. And it was just from my passion of wanting to sit down with people, share a cigar, 
and talk about their story and their journey mm -hmm. so that others could learn from that and hear about their failures, their successes, and go down that rabbit hole with people because that's the kind of conversations we were having here at ICC. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to expose other people to that and teach them, you know, and let them see that. So YouTube actually was the hardest because, like, until you get 100 subscribers, they won't even let you use the name of your show. It's like this, like, it looks like hieroglyphics. Like, it's this big, long code. Mm. So they've changed a lot of that. But, I mean, it sounds like with you having that following from Instagram, that was an easier transition for, so. for doing that. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, yeah. I didn't start from the bottom because, because yeah. I remember my first video do like maybe something like one thousand views. So for me, it's nothing today. But I can understand easily that for a beginner, it could be a good base. You know, like one thousand views. Yeah. And I go quickly to maybe three thousand subscribers, something like that. But after that, I remember like. I was putting a weekly video, and I remember the first video was, goes up was a video about bench press, just a bench press seminar. And I, I remember my editors calling me and say, oh, you should check the views. And I checked, and that was 40,000 views. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what just happened? Yeah, what happened? And after that, everything is bigger and bigger, and that was crazy, and, I, and, and man, I, Finally, I start to become famous. I start to become cause, like I say, I never do. I never did politics on my channel. Yeah. But it's like kind of like way of life. Everything is way of life on my channel. So finally, I become like kind of like a representative of a part of the French people. Yeah. The one who never talk, the country people. So TV shows start to calling me to invite me and talk for you know like for country people. Other YouTube channel journalists start to write from me ex everything. Cause here you really have country culture in media and everything, but not in France. Like in France, the country population re like represents a majority of France, but they never talk in the TVs and never have any YouTube show, never have anything. They don't have their own music, their own like here, you know. So. Yeah. So being one of the first, you know, make me become more famous than I was expected. Okay. So you just, how did, how did you start off in the, in the uh, bench pressing? Like what drew you to that? Like where, where did that passion develop for you? Were you always a gym rat as a kid? Or? Not, not at all. But the thing is probably part of education. Um, I'm in a military family and... I think my mother always teach me to be like, like mainly, you know, she expect me to be mainly, she got a, a daughter, my sister, and she expect her to be like, um, I don't know what you say, like girly? No. Yeah. Maybe. But a woman. You see, yeah, like a real yeah. woman. And so she expect me to be a real man. So I was grow, I grow in this culture of strong men, you know, like, like how you say, r rural people and yeah. everything. We call and it country strong here. Yeah, country strong, like yeah. tough guy. Yeah, and my and I get some example at home, like my grandfather was like was very very tough. So finally, I did boxing. Uh, I started to do a little bit of boxing and things like that. And my my um, oh you say 
uh, therapist. Yeah. Uh huh. Like uh, the guy who work on your muscle and everything. Like mm -hmm. you see, body therapist. No, I don't know what you say. Uh, massage uh, therapist. therapist. Yeah. Uh, Just a different type of therapist. Yeah. He yeah. say he say, oh man, you should go to the gym a little bit. It could help you for boxing. But I was 14 years old, so I said, okay, let's let's try. So I start to go to the gym in my city, and I see some bodybuilders, so people very big and everything that impressed me. So I start to interest a little bit about about what we can do in a gym, weightlifting and everything. And I just discover powerlifting, and that was like a fucking revelation. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's, that's exactly what I want. I want to be the stronger. I want that. And what I like, directly like in these sports, it's it's because it's it's tough, rock and everything, but it's very very technical. It's something. It's it's right between science, you know, and brute force. Yeah. So I start to interest myself about that, but at this time I'm not very old. I'm only 29, but still I was still interesting about the sports before all the social media and everything yeah you can you can't talk with big athletes or everything no i got hundreds of of teenagers asking me about powerlifting and everything but when i become you you by yourself so i was like checking magazine you know like internet website something and i trained alone during two years and finally a guy i know Uh, he told me, man, I train in a gym where there is a bench press champion. His name is Didier Michelon. And, and I knew this guy because he was a legend in France. That was like the biggest bench presser all time in France. Yeah. And he said, I told him about you and he's okay to talk with you and show you some tricks. I was like, shit, yeah. Yeah. So I show up to his gym and this guy told me, talked with me, I don't know, maybe during one hour is enough. And at the end of the conversation, I was a young kid, I was 17 years old. And at the end of the conversation, he say, oh, 16 years old, something like that. He say, man, I see that you're like, um, you're passionate. You say that? Yeah, passionate. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna train you. And I say, yeah, mm, sir, I got no money. He say, I'm gonna train you for free. And in one year, I'm gonna bring you in a championship in the French championship. So he starts training me and my life changed finally. So cause I starts to go like, like little step by little step. I start to professionalize the way I train. And finally in 2016, I was, I did, a, I break the French record and he told me, I didn't have anything to teach you again, like anymore. You too high for me now. You have to go to the level up. And so he told me about this coach. His, his name is Josh Bryan, who was living in Texas. So I called this coach. I show my records, everything. And he accepted to, to, to took me. And he bring me to Texas. And my life changed a second time. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally, yes, I quit powerlifting two years ago when the channel starts to become very, very big because that was not con like compatible with... Uh, with a high level sports way of life, you can't, like, when you do that sport at that level, all your life has to turn around that. I was like hitting, training, sleeping, doing massage therapists and stretching, and that's it. And you didn't do anything else because every calorie you have to 
you know, keep it for the, the gym. So when the channel starts to become very, very big, it's, it asks me too much time. And I, so I still training to be in shape, but it's, it's, it's impossible. It's not for the same thing. No. But it's for the better. Okay. So how did you, how did you start incorporating your other passions? Because we kind of joke around here, like, you're like the French new Texas redneck. I mean, like, <laughs> you are, like, adapting to the Texas lifestyle like nothing I've He ever. went hard in the paint, got a ranch, got a big old truck, got <laughs> some boots. I'm like, I, I know. got to his house and like, damn, man, you more Texas than Texas. <laughs> the first time he came in here, he was dressed a little more French to me, to me. Not and no then, more. And then the second time I saw him, it was like, man, this guy looks like he fell off one of my partner's, you know, trucks out at the <laughs> ranch. He's got camo on. He's got his ball cap on. He's got jeans. He's got cowboy boots. And he's pulling up this big F1, F250, F350. F250. And he pulls out this big truck and then... And everything else I'm seeing now, now he's out with hanging out with Adrian. He's shooting guns everywhere and stuff. I'm like, man, what is this dude doing? Like? He's going to have a Texas twang with a French accent in about three more months. Mm -hmm. He's going to say bonjour, y'all. Just watch. Watch. Yeah. But kind of like a mix. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I know it could be a surprise for a lot of people here, but... I can tell you guys, rural people, all the ones the Western world, we are the same. Yeah. Like, I traveled for hunting too. You know, my, the two reasons I traveled so much was for competition and all for hunting. I hunt in Russia, I hunt everywhere in the world. And I can tell you, you probably, guy from the country, your country people, yeah, are probably closer to the Russian trapper I'm hunting with. That's a guy from Brooklyn. You know, yeah. in the culture, in the way we live, in the, you know, even if we don't speak the same language or everything, but man, we're the same. Like, the yeah. way, the, really, man, the Western world, the Western country world, we're the same everywhere in the world. Yeah, we got some different drink, but we're drinking the same way, with the same passion, the yeah. same thing for track, hunting, everything. I can tell you, guy, that's when, it, when I'm home, and my wife is from the country too. From the south, France. I'm from North France. She is very comfortable here. You know, nothing, nothing look like very strange for us. The way yeah. people live. I'm living in the country here, in a small village, by Weatherford, and everywhere around the house, it's ranch, farmer, everything, and it look like home. You know, like yeah, yeah, the vegetation and everything is pretty much different. Yeah, but the way people live, it's like home. I yeah, it's so country. I was at his house one day, and we're walking. He has his own pond in his backyard. And we're walking, we're walking. He says, busy. I said, what's up? Watch out for the rattlesnakes. I was like, what the fuck? Rattle? He was, He's just, yeah, just yeah, he pay was, attention. He was, he was like with Jordans or something, but in high grass. And he was like, I don't know, maybe 80 degrees outside. But he's I'm just walking. I didn't know he's the said. city. So yeah, yeah. yeah I have to you that country life. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. gave me the whole lesson. So now when I'm at his house, I'm wearing like hiking boots <laughs> and armor plated jeans, <laughs> and I never look up. I'm looking at the ground in front of me the whole time. 
uh, one of my friends was like you know staying at my house during this week yeah the french friends he just found a scorpion in his shoes so Whoa. and i told him man that's why when you can i say you check all your shoes before yeah <laughs> before wearing that you uh. see that's why it's not bullshit <laughs> for sure so what what started your passion on the hunting was that something that your family always did or no not really so um, I, i grew up in the country but the thing is there is like when i moved to my parents home i just get a little apartment in a small village 600 people and the only like store on it is a bar and it's called the hunter's rendezvous you see but it's it's like in, it's, it's right in france it's yeah. so in french it's say le rendezvous des chasseurs and so it's a really tiny little bar for hunters and so I started just hanging out on this bar, drinking some French alcohol and talking with all the whole guy here. And they say, they start to say, Baptiste, you're really interested about food, like meat and everything, because I am. You know what, you cook everything. You should try hunting. You, you're a outdoor guy. You should like it. And I was, okay, I didn't know that. So let's, let's try. So I was not so young, something like 19 years old. Yeah. And, and... Yeah, I discovered a new passion, finally. What is it that you really like to hunt? So what, what animals? Or yeah, what? like, you know, like here, like, I really like bird hunting because mm. it's action, you know, it's, it's very fast-paced. Yeah, duck hunting. Duck hunting. I love duck hunting. Duck hunting is a lot of fun. I like, I like big game hunting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I've, I've shot... Uh, black bucks and fallows and yeah, white cool. tail. Yeah, so cool. that I want to learn archery. I haven't done that yet. Um, that's something I want to get into is the bow hunting. Yeah, that, <clears throat> I'm doing. That's what I'm doing now. So bow that's hunting. something I'm interested in learning. But, you know, I, I'm in the construction business. So a lot of my clients and stuff really like to hunt. So mm -hmm. I've gotten into that more. What my boss, you know, my dad had a heart attack when I was really young and he was a big bird hunter. But he had his heart attack when I was young enough that, like, I didn't get to learn that from him. So, really, my, my boss and longtime friend is the one who got me into hunting and taught me how to hunt. So, you know, I, at first I didn't really like deer hunting because it was just, like, sitting in a blind, so waiting it, it, for the feeder to go off, waiting for the deer to come. And I'm like, all right, this is boring. But then when I missed that first really big buck... <laughs> Then I got the itch. It was like, okay, now I got to get it. But the one. thing is, hunting around the feeder is something I only see in Texas. Yeah, it's different. We don't do that in Europe. Yeah. We're just trekking it. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're alone or with a guy and you just walk hours and hours seeing track on the field, the shit, everything, and just you try to find the, the deer. Yeah. Then you shoot it. So it's more, more interesting. More sport. I, I, yeah, I didn't do any posting hunt. Yeah. Because, like, like you said, it's boring for me. So every hunt I do is a walking hunt or a trek or something, but yeah. never stay in my position. So right I, I, let's say I love every, every hunting because everything is different. And I love learning new way to hunt, like traditional hunt from this part of the world this part of this region because in france every region got a, a pretty different culture about you know how they life hunting and everything so i did a lot of 
duck hunting in a swamp. So, you know, with the weathers and you just yeah. walk on a swamp and you, when the, you do it on the morning or, or the, the late evening when the duck go down or go up. So that's really interesting. And I love different... No, here in Texas, every week I go to for thermal hunting uh, for the hogs. So it's something you can't do in France because it's illegal. So I do that with some buddies here. And so it's hogs haven't to, taken over like they have here in the U.S. So no, no, we got the same, same problem. Okay. That's exactly the same problem. It's a pest, but the government is fucking stupid. Yeah. So they made it illegal. And after that, they complain about the hogs damage. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't want to talk about the hunting laws in France because it's, yeah. everything is just fucking stupid. And it's like, you know, France today is uh, the, probably the most socialist country in the world. And really? So, oh, yeah, it is. More, okay. than, more than China. Wow. Yeah, yeah like I, 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 I already say to busy, but my company is taxes 75 persons. Blew wow. my brains out. Wow. I had to sit down when he said that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That's so, mind blowing. No, no, that's 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 fucking ridiculous. I so, see why you wanted to come to Texas. Yeah, that's <laughs> a part of the reason. But the saying is, so you know that's what socialism do. They you know regulated everything, everything. There is a law for everything. They they teach you how to live. Like basically, you have to you have to eat this way, you have to consume this way, drive this way, everything, and even for the hunt. So, to all the laws, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, there is like a bunch of stupid laws, like bow hunting is legal, crossbow hunting is illegal. Fucking why? Yeah. <laughs> there is absolutely no reason. That's, that's just, they say it, and that's it. Yeah. So, there is no democracy anymore in France. So, yeah, so here in Texas, I do thermal hunting, and that's very cool. Is that your favorite now? It's not my favorite, but it's, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. And, but I'm still, like, long, long, I'm still a fan of long-distance shoot when I do, like, you know, mountain hunting or something. And then I do a lot of bass fishing here, too, because yeah. I, I, I get a little lake on my property, like yeah. a tank. So uh, every, almost every day when it's not raining, I, I take my rod and go fish some bass. That's cool, you know, that's enough for me. I do some bow and crossbow hunting, and I like doing that. So in France, I like doing that for, um, oh, what's the name in English? Like Nutria rats? Nutria? Yeah, Nutria. Nutria rats. It's like okay. it's like a beaver, but with with a normal tail. Okay. Okay, so it's like a big rat, brown rat. Like, like a that. swamp rat. Yeah, it's swamp. probably. It's the swamp rats. Yeah. Okay. So I like to do crossbow hunting for the swamp rats, because you have to... Just walk around the little river and being very, very quiet, you know, walking and see the rats because they're, these animals, they're, they hear everything, they smell everything. Yeah. So you have to be the quietest possible. Then it's hard to shoot them with crossbows. So I like to do that. And after we do, with that in France, we can cook it. We do like a, something like, a, something we call pâté. It's like a, like a, a meat spread you can put on, on bread. It's okay. very good. So, you know, even this little hunt like that, I enjoy it. It's cold for me. What's the, what's the longest shot you've taken on a hunt so far? The longest shot? Yeah. So it's in meters. So I don't know in yards, but it's 700 meters. So it's probably 550, 550 yards, something like yeah. that. I think it is. Or okay. it's in the, yeah, I think one, one meters is one yards 20. No, 
I don't know. Let Man, me check. I, yeah, I'll butcher that. I can check the, like quickly on my converter because I have to <laughs> convert everything here. So let's do yard in meter. It's gonna be. It's gonna be quick. Yeah. So seven hundred. It's oh no, it's seven hundred sixty-five yards. Okay. Yeah, and that was on. So they're called the, Nutria. It's a that, Nutria. Yeah, because my buddy Chase, he's from Louisiana. He's one of them crazy Cajuns. Ah, yeah. So Ch- Chase so probably, knows that swamp talk. He's over probably there. a part friends. Yeah. Part, if he, if he's a truly Cajun, he's probably de- French descendant. I mean, he might be. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine so. But yeah. Yeah, so Ch- I Chase shot, is a big hunter too. So I shot one of them from 765 yards. But that was, that was a, a lucky shot because yeah. at this distance, that's crazy. So that was, it was between the hills. And I just saw like a hard, like a black stuff between the hills. And I trusted that was a hogs, but you know, half hide by the hills, like yeah. the top of the hogs. But yeah. in reality, that was a nutrient. Yeah. And I shot it, and I get it, and I was with a 300 Winchester Winchester Magnum, and I was like, "Yeah, I got this one." I walk all the way up, and I see this fucking rat who was blow up because it's yeah, too, too big. Around. It's a too big caliber for that. I was like, <laughs> "Shit, <laughs> that's probably my best shot ever." So, what's the most challenging hunt? I know what this is, but what's yeah, the most you know challenging hunt that you've ever gone on? Moose hunting in North Russia. Oh, Russia. Nice. Four degrees Fahrenheit outside during five days, walking like 10 or 15 miles by day. But the thing is, just walking one mile takes you hours because yeah. th- there is one yard of snow on the, on the floor. Uh, so, and the thing is, you're in the taiga, so it's a forest, very, very dense. There is a tree everywhere. So you can't hunt long range or mid range. You have to, to shot short range because... The, the biggest shot you can do, it's like 20 yards because there is tree everywhere. Yeah. So you hunt it with a 12 caliber for moves with a, a giant stuff. Yeah. So you got your 12 calibers and you walk on the snow during days and days, seeing track, everything. That, I, I did that with a trappers who was living in the, in the wood in a cabin all his life. And I made a video about that. People can check on my channel. Even if they don't speak French, they're going to understand because the pictures spoke by, yeah. by themselves. Plus, you can hit the translate button, and it does a pretty good job. Yeah, I had maybe. To do that so on now several. on my channel, every new video since I'm in Texas, I got English subtitle. Yeah. But my oldest video don't have it. Yeah. And it was a crazy hunt. Very crazy. And at the end, I didn't shoot anything. But I still enjoy it. You know, that's yeah. part of the hunt. That's why I'm... Really hunting, I love hunting, you know? As soon as I see something, even if I miss it, that's enough for me to take pleasure. Yeah. And that was really like being in the middle of this gigantic forest, because it's, it's hundreds of miles forest with no leaves, with no human everywhere. Yeah. In this element of snow, you know, with this guy who's like a, a creator of this forest, this guy literally born here, raised here, you know, he's, he's uh, fishing on the ice, he's hunting on the snow. This guy was, you know, like... He a, was legit. He's a, yeah, he's, he's probably one of the biggest predators of this forest. Being with him, that was crazy for me. I never forget that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's, when you get to do something like that and track something, that's, that's an amazing 
experience. I, I'm re- I really want to do a hunt like that. Like, I think that would be yeah. super interesting. I mean, I already got to give it to you. You just the other day got to do something I've been trying to do for a while. Oh, yeah. And I had to laugh my ass off because the whole time Biz is telling me how bad he's freezing his ass off. <laughs> and I, I know it. I'm just dying laughing, picturing Biz it trying to get cold. the video footage of you shooting hogs out of a helicopter. That's, that, that's crazy. How was that experience? Because that's something I've wanted to do for a while. So if you want to awesome. do that, I got a good contact for you. I heard. I did that with a company of some friends company. Yeah. They're in Albany, Texas. Okay. So it's in West Texas. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, busy. It's like three hours from here. It was three hours exactly. Yeah. Three yeah. hours yeah. Three from hours here. Exactly. But yeah, that's okay for this experience. Yeah. For I, can, experience. I, I can tell you. And so these guys are very cool. They got a copter with a a military pilot, like a veteran military yeah. oh, man. pilot. This guy, he knows his shit. I can't tell you. <laughs> man, it's crazy. And yeah, that was a great experience. And I was not like, in, in, in reality, I was not expecting that was so cool. You know, that yeah. man, just flying close to the ground with all, like, it's country during miles and miles and seeing like the, like big group of deers crossing, you know, just running between the hell, like inside the helicopters, the turkey flying, Iran, hogs, everything, just the nature and seeing the nature from the, you know, the sky like that, like a, you, you just feel like, like you're a goddamn raptor. You yeah. Know? So no, that was crazy. And after that, so we fly during maybe 30 minutes. I was like enjoying very just and, flying, and just just up. flying. I, I was like, yeah, I'm still, I'm already good. And this guy just say, oh, hogs, and everything become fucking Call of Duty because <laughs> you're like, that's <laughs> hogs running everywhere. This guy chasing it with the copters, doing like upside down everything. You have to shut it. That's crazy. And 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 uh, in reality, it's you 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 do more damage. Uh, with a f- uh, so I use a f- 556 caliber that was a Daniel defense uh-huh. and when you shot it from the ground you have to put like sometimes you have to put a lot of bullets on it because they just go through the belly or something yeah. but from the sky you shot the spine yeah. or the head very easily so sometimes just one shot and you see the hog boom just falling on the ground and yeah and they're fucked and you're like cool like yeah. a one shot kill that's not something you do a lot with this kind of, of weapons. So, yeah. man, yeah. You, if you can do it, do it. Oh, and come, for sure. come, you know, like you can come on my name to say you, you heard about this company. It's, it's called, if you, people want to see their Instagram, say it's, it. It's uh, Hunt Dog, uh, Hunt Bird Dog. So just Hunt Bird Dog in one word. And yeah, that's a great experience. Awesome, man. I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. I know there's a lot of guys on my channel that are big hunters that'll want to want to look into that as well we do a lot like i said for my business with uh entertaining client stuff we take them on a lot of guided hunts and you know go out to ranch i have a friend that owns a very awesome ranch out in lampasas that we've hunted out on a lot of Mm -hmm. that's where i've gotten my fallow and my black buck and he's got all kinds of stuff from exotics to you know you name it, he's probably had it out there. I mean, he, he had wildebeest at one time, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, that would be... But, I mean, I was like, God, I'd had to buy two freezers just to put all that meat <laughs> in. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's like shooting a whole cow, like, mm-hmm. times two. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's insane. But yeah, I'll, it's, I'll have to get you out on a hunt or something. We'll have to yeah. go. We, we do a goose and crane hunt every year Let's in go. the winter that, that's out in Lubbock. I'll have to get you out on that. I think that's something you'd really enjoy. Oh, yeah, enjoy. Man, I, man. I will that's, be, that's I will action, be more than happy. Drinking the moonshine, sitting oh, down in the holes. and I love moonshine. Flying over, <laughs> man. It's awesome. So the next hunt I'm going to do with these guys from this company it's in September. They're going to bring me in Louisiana for a uh, getter hunting. Yeah. So something I never Oof. did. But uh, I came in Texas this year when I, I just, you know, cause I have to find new sim, a new team sim yeah. for my videos. And uh, I was like, I want to do a getter hunting. I want to do that, and especially in Louisiana. I don't want to go in Florida. I want to go in Louisiana because, you know, there is a part of French culture in Louisiana and part of French history. So um, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So I was looking for that. And I found these guys and they say, yeah, the season starts in September. You're more than welcome. There we go. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't wait. That, that'll be cool. Going there. Have you been on a, a swamp boat yet? No, the big uh, airboats. That's fine. I already tried it in France. Yeah. But in Louisiana, it's going to be a totally different, It'll be different, different yeah. experience. I'm yeah. sure with the swamps, they're, they're set up probably, I'm sure, a lot lot different. So something the guys from here could do in France and could enjoy, it's, and I did a lot, it's in the swamp too or in the river. In France, we got a, a giant catfish bread. Like when I say giant, it's really giant compared to the catfish you've got here. Okay. I just, yeah, it's like, between eight and ten feet longs. Wow. Yeah. It's all the biggest I do was So you're not noodling those ones. You can't stick you can't it's two hundred pounds. Yeah. So you can't. It's just like a fucking shark. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got some pictures people can see on my Instagram with that. The biggest I do was two meters forty eight. So it's something around nine foot long. Wow. Nine feet long. So yeah, it's big. It's just the head is wide like that. That's do that's yeah. A, like so that. have you done the noodling yet? No, no, you, no, no. I never tried the noodling. But for this one, you use like well, you know, you 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 fish them with uh, living fish. You put living fish. Yeah. But you you put fish like that size. Yeah. Because you're looking for the big, and when you got it on the road, man, that's sports. That's fucking weightlifting. Because <laughs> this guy. It's only muscular. It can it can drag your boat all the across yeah. the river. So sometimes you're like doing 20 minutes, and it's it, I know like people from here if they come in France, and you want to do something like hard stuff cool, they can only do in Europe. They can go for the the giant catfish. They call them giant. Yeah, yeah. That's so you cool. got really some monster. Have you river. tried any of the deep sea fishing yet down around here? You've gone down to the coast and done any of that yet? I never. So I only fish. One, I, I I didn't grow around the coast in France. I'm in okay. the in the I'm I'm the part of the region of France I'm come I come from is swamp and forest. Okay. But my wife grew up on the beach, so I used to fish a little bit with his brother. So my brother-in-law. And he do sea fishing, but from the beach, you know, like yeah. surf casting. So that's the only only kind of fishing I did in in the okay. sea. Okay, yeah, you're so. gonna have to go down to Gauss and like you'd like. Yeah, we go down there and we do blasting casts where you go and catch the redfish mm -hmm. in the in the afternoon, but in the morning you're out duck hunting. That's a lot of fun too. Oh, yeah, that's something be, yeah. you'd probably. Yeah, I got really a friend like. who go often in Corpus Christi. Yeah, and he he rent a boat and go fishing all day. So he's gonna yeah. bring me probably, and I'm gonna bring some. Probably bring busy too for doing a video of that. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be happy to get 
somewhere it's hot with the sun and everything. Cause I just want some gator skin Jordans. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna, gonna be here for the gators. You're gonna be for the gators too. Oh, bro, whatever fishing, I'm uh, down to go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like the biggest fish I ever caught was I caught about 115 pound sailfish in Costa Rica. And that took me 45 minutes to reel that yeah, bad boy yeah, in. I mean, that man. was, that was a understand. battle. I went well, deep sea fishing for the last time. I mean, for the first time two years ago, and the fish I caught after about four hours. Was no bigger than my iPhone. <laughs> I was so proud of that moment. And the, and the effed up thing is, a freaking seagull came down and snatched him <laughs> and took off with it. I was like, oh man, I hope a shark You're gonna have to hook you. him up. You're gonna have to get we'll get a big one on there and just hang it over here, biz. Real, real, yeah, real it in. Let pictures. me get my manhood back. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. Well, see, that trip I was talking about with the selfish, the picture I had to take with the fish was actually my client's fish because they had a little Costa Rican native guy there that like, this guy maybe weighed 100 pounds soaking wet. I spent 45 minutes, got him in, he's hooking him, he's trying to measure him and everything is on the back. That fish flipped, <laughs> put him in the water, and that fish was gone. Gone. Uh, yeah. 45 minutes. I'm like, seriously? Did, did you have any pictures? Oh, I've nothing? got the video okay. of me like reeling him in, we got him jumping. Everything else, that's I mean, enough. I got the pictures, but that's, I mean, that's enough. Yeah. If it's if because it's you know that if it's not on pictures, yeah, it's not exists. It don't count. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I got the picture of my little ass fish right here after the podcast. I'll show it to you. Yeah, we might have to post that on the page. Business. I'm proud. Biggest, I don't care. Catch. I'm proud. <laughs> you can be. So, what made you think about doing the whole thing you do with your lifestyle? And grabbing a camera guy to start documenting what you do. How did the YouTube thing come into play? Like I said, I, I was already, I was, sorry. Like I said, I was already doing that on Instagram, just, you know, with the story and everything. Yeah. And I saw that people enjoyed that. So I was like, if they already enjoy the, the Instagram content, why not doing that more, you know, like, a lot more beautiful, like in, yeah, with the better pictures and everything. So I knew this guy. No, it's my editor. So busy knowing him, mm, Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. <laughs> and so I know this guy. It was like a friend's friend. Yeah. And I asked him, okay, man, I got a project. If you want to be part of that, I need a, a good camera guy and good editors. He was like, yeah, okay. And we start that, but we didn't know what we where we go, where we was going. You know, that was like, let's try. So I just go to the bank, take a credit, because I, <laughs> I didn't have any money for paying it. It's yeah. expensive, like doing video in a professional way, so you know it, but yeah. it's expensive. It's already expensive when you do that here, so can you imagine when you have to bring travel, like travel, bring mm-hmm. materials everywhere, and doing big editing, because that kind of stuff, it's easy to edit. Yeah, it, well, you, you got hours control. of footage, too. When you got hours, different camera, different angle, it takes weeks, sometimes months to edit the thing, you know? So, so yeah, I just take a credit to the bank. I was like, we'll see. And magic happened. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Boom. YouTube star. You know, God, I think I'm, I'm, I'm truly a Catholic, and I can tell you, sometimes God have a plan for you. You didn't even expect, you didn't even know. You just go and if you let, like, God decide, you, you, you see what I mean? Yeah. If you just let the thing happen, you just go, yeah, okay, I want to do that. I got a good feeling, let's do, let's do that. Sometimes 
got to do the job and you find all these that's better for you. So if you think about it, you never would think you were a bouncer. You ended up where you are sitting right now. The journey between then and now, this probably wasn't even on your radar, no nothing, but everything. And as we say, using your common sense in some of your decisions as you navigated to get here. So do you ever get anybody from home or other people asking you for mentorship? Like they want to do what you do or, and that's from benching, pressing, working out, hunting, being on YouTube. Do a lot of people come to you for advice on either how to live your lifestyle or how to show the world their lifestyle based on the way that you do it? Um, so it's hard to say in English. Let me just choose my words correctly. Um, I always be passionate. You know, my first passion was bench press, and I did hundred percent. I, you know, I put myself hundred percent on it. Everybody around me, everybody except my mother, but I, everybody, you know, your friends, parents. People on the gyms, the teachers, everybody told me, don't do that. Keep bench press as a hobby. Don't try to be a professional. Yeah. You have to look for a real job. You have to look like, you know, what they call real job is, or real life, it's just random nobody's life. You know, they want, to be, they want you to be a nobody like they are. Because they never do, the people to, who told you that. And... Then uh, maybe I will not look humble when I say that, but the people who told you that never do a fucking thing in on their entire life. Yeah, they just you know they get just go from the, the process. They got from the coach, the coach, 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 sofa, yeah. coach, to the work, you know, for, to the working place, to the bed, to the supermarket, and do that again, fucking every day on the life, and that's it. And when you want to put yourself on something, we you know, keep you alive and something will, will make sense for you. They're like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, it's not sure. Not. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be 100% sure of what you do, grow carrots or tomatoes, okay? Yeah. You're going to have tomatoes. It's just put a grain on the floor, put water, the sun will shine, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, don't do bench press competition. Sure. Yeah. But the thing is, when you just, it's, it's okay to get your tomatoes and eat it. It's an accomplishment. But when you go, I remember my, full, my first international competition. That was in Portugal, you know, close to Spain. Uh-huh. I, win, I won the Teenager European Championship. I go on the first step of the podium. Of the podium. Okay, it's the same one. Yep. On the, I go to the first step on the podium, and they put the French national on them. And I was like, okay, everything makes sense. Yeah. You see, all of what I did now, all this, you know, swear and bleed and tears yeah. on the gym, everything like when I was, when I had no money for putting food off the fridge or can't, can't hang out with the buddies because I have to sleep for the train, everything. All of that makes sense. No, because we're in a room with like 100 athletes, with 2,000 uh, 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 spectators and in the po fucking Portugal and we heard everybody heard now the French national anthem you know 
That's reward something. for all your hard work. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because you, so, you put the blind faith in doing something you were passionate about, and then you got to see the reward. Yeah. So I keep that mind for everything in my life after that. And YouTube was the same thing. I do, I, I put myself on YouTube the same way I put myself on Benchman's competition. And it's work. And yeah, as you say, as you say, bro, when I was a bouncer in this nightclub in Paris, yeah, Paris is, the, by the way, Paris is the most dangerous capital in Europe. So as a bouncer in a free gun zone, you know, it's fucking terrible. You can see the worst. And I saw the worst. I get, you know, I get attacked by, by a machete. I get stabbed two times. I get shot one time at I did, it didn't be shot really, but my, my waiter takes a bullet on the feet. So I come from the worst, you know, no money, worst job, everything. That's finally it's better because now I'm here and I can really enjoy what I got. You know, when I'm on my deck and, and I do, I say that hundred times to my wife. Sometimes we're seated on the fishing deck with the sun, with a big property. And I say, do you remember? Just that, do you remember when, where we was? Yeah. And so I think, you know, people, who, we didn't, um, uh, um, we didn't uh, live this life before. Yeah. The, you know, we didn't make the long travel to get it. That didn't maybe enjoy as much as I do now. Like, I take everything like a, a luck, like a chance, you know, God, yeah. uh, like a gift. Yes, God made yes, me. Yes. Yeah, because you had to go through all that. And if you didn't have that, you probably wouldn't appreciate this as much not either. As, not as much, no. Because you've had to go through all those struggles yeah. and having that vision with no payoff, no reward in sight, mm -hmm. but then achieving that and being able to take that further than you even imagined. All my life, I remember, I was sh only sure of one thing. When I was bouncing, when I do all this shitty job, I was always, always sure of one thing. I was saying, I will not do that all my life. I was sure of that. You know, I saw people doing the same job all their life, didn't enjoy everything and dying. I was like, no, that's not going to happen for me. I was sure of that. So bench press was the way when I was training, I was like, one day I'm going to be a bench press champion and everything's going to change. You know, I was sure of that because that was not possible for me like no i will not live in this fucking 50 square feet of apartment with this with getting paid 1500 bucks by months no yeah yeah it's okay it's a beginning yeah i accept it but it's gonna not not gonna be my whole life i was yeah. sure of that yeah that's the first chapter that's yeah, not yeah, gonna be exa the last exactly chapter. exactly i think a lot of people don't understand the amount of work it takes to get to a goal or the amount of work you have to do like you said a lot of people think that even we experience that here. Yeah. We have a YouTube channel, but that, this is the most traffic we have seen ever. And, but we've been doing this almost, um, going, it's going into our second year. It takes time, and you have to be very focused on a path. And I think, unfortunately, today, people think that if you build it, they will come. And that's not true. No. No, you have right. to stick to it. Even with me working with you now, I had a certain way of shooting because of what I've done and talking to you and Pedro mm. of learning how you shoot and different things. But the challenges I love 
And people don't understand. I've been doing this for ah, 20 years. Mm -hmm. I'm still got things left to learn how to get it, where to go. But if you was to say or give advice, I guess you're saying is that you have to be passionate and you have to stick yeah. to it. It's right. It's right. It's right. And you know, it's always when you're on the top. I don't say I'm on the top, but you know, when you're in a comfortable yeah. position that people tell you tell you that oh it's easy for you, you know, you get a lot of money, you get a easy life, everything. Man, you was not here you were before. Here when all that happened. How many times did you get stabbed? How yeah. many times in your fucking life someone shoot you with a fucking gun? Tell me. Almost yeah. starving, yeah. no you food see, in so, the refrigerator. Yeah. Don't tell me it's an easy life for me because I, I get my struggle before. You know, I yeah. did all this shit before. I was eating frozen food, you know, cheap frozen food every fucking day. Yeah, no, I got a big, big wagyu tomahawk on my barbecue, but I pay for this fucking barbecue. I pay for this fucking tomahawk with the money I did during fucking years and years. And I, I, I mean, let's... Okay, let's not be humble, but I fucking deserve it. I, yeah, I you truly put in the trust work. it. I truly trust it. I deserve it. Yeah, you put in the work. And, you know, it, it's easy for people. People want to judge, you know, Instagram and Facebook and this, it shows, it shows the good stuff. It, yeah. shows, it, it shows that snapshot. It doesn't show everything that you did to get there. Yeah. And everybody sees that, and then they, they don't go back and see... All the stuff you didn't post or all the stuff you did to get there yeah. or what it took to get that one thing. And, you know, it's, it's real easy to judge or have an opinion when you, when you haven't seen that or done the work. And most people think there's some quick success. I mean, I'm sure you see that with your bench coaching. You get these guys in here like, okay, well, I want to lift 540 pounds. Mm -hmm. Well, put in the work. You can barely do 100 pounds right now. <laughs> Like, it's going to be a process. Like, I can't make you lift 540 pounds overnight. Yeah, you sure You know, right. like, it's going to be a process. But you can do it if you commit and you want to follow the process. And there's lots of mentors and coaches that can help you along the way. But you're going to have to commit and go through the process. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's exactly the same. People are like, yeah, just take steroids or something. Yeah. Don't live. Now, man. I fucking live like a goddamn monk during years, <laughs> just sleeping, eating, lifting, and that's it. My life was totally flat, except when I was on the training, you know, and I was pushing myself very hard on training with blood on my haze, taste of blood on my mouth, almost, you know, passing off. So during years, it's not like, well, I'm going to do that during weeks or yeah. months. I'm talking about... Fucking years for doing that. And, uh, and there is bigger, like stronger Paul Lifter would do that 20 years and become like a world record or something. When I see any world record, I'm like, and any sports, you know, I'm like, fuck, fuck this guy deserves it. it it's, yeah. it's called be, it's called not, couldn't be another way. He firstly deserves it because it's too hard to get this, this mm. high. So you've reached this level here. Do you now, when you get to this certain level, how do you raise the bar? How do you raise the standards? How do you decide what's next? Do so you have something that's next? So it's easy because YouTube and, you know, like the, the social media give you statistics every day. You're 
you know, throwing statistics on your face. You get that views. You have these subscribers. Yeah. Your watch time is that. You get this money. So it's it's easy to put the, the level like because you know what level you are. You're like, okay, I do like a, let's say my my average views is like two hundred fifty thousand. I want to go four hundred thousand. I want to go five hundred. It's easy to push. Yeah. And so I'm like, I always do my channel like okay. More people seeing this server better quality, you know. Yeah. So all more people I get, more fame I got on the channel. More I say, let's do something more crazy, more intense, and more quality. You know, we're pushing the bar, and we do fucking. I start doing duck hunting in the swamp, and we just did fucking helicopter. And let's go yeah. hang your What's gonna be next? Of a helicopter. Yeah. And in September we're gonna catch getters in the hand or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we we're gonna push the limit. I'm sure. Busy know that. So, so that's are you doing I that with your coaching as well? How are you doing that? Are you are you transitioning from coaching's second now, and all this is number one? Yeah, the channel is main, so I just have less number of of student you yeah. see i take like 60 people on coaching that's it and now i only do online programming uh with uh weekly um Workouts. feedback weekly yeah. feedback you know yeah. they gave me one feedback by week and i just see the feedback and said send the next week i can't do more than that yeah so you know i just keep the quality but I, I just are you planning down to the do, numbers. Are you planning to do more of that coaching here locally? I can't. I can't uh, uh, no? Yeah, yeah, probably bench press seminar, bench press listen, private yeah. lessons. Yeah, I'm going to do that because I, I, that's the only thing I get time for. Because the thing is time. Yeah. Time, it's hard to get because people see the video. Okay, you got one video every two weeks because I used to do one video by week. But now we got one video every two weeks. But they don't see... The fucking schedule we got was busy. Yeah. It was crazy because we had to find days. He knows. Was matching, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's matching between me and him and yeah. the fucking guys who come for the video. Guides, like like, like yes. a, a copter's pilot. You can just, it's not a Uber. You cannot call yeah. it like, oh, I need a helicopter. Like yeah. we tried to oh, do the helicopter twice, but yeah. the wind, wind the weather, weather yeah, and, and all that. And, just, and then here's the crazy thing about the helicopter thing. We're flying back. So Baptiste has shot four, five, six hogs, and we're flying back. And he says, hey, do you want to see the video when we crashed? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. huh? He's like, no, he don't say that. He say, oh, so, oh, actually, we say, did you ever do oh, yeah, said, YouTube video? And he said, yes, it was one of me just right hunting helicopter crash on YouTube. And I thought he was and joking. Was like, yeah, I thought the same. I was like. You're jogging. He said, no. And he just, he, well, he got an iPad. The iPad's he on the front of the helicopter. on the video. And we see the same copter we was actually crashing. <laughs> and he's just flying. La, 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 la. I'm like, so we're watching the same helicopter we're in right now crashing. And we're doing like 150 miles an hour over these fields. And he thought it was cool. So we have on headphones with the microphone. Yeah. I moved my microphone because I started praying. I didn't want nobody to hear me praying. And I was sitting behind. I was like, I was like okay. man, when I seen the runway, I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, put it down. Put it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even all the things, I don't see like the, the heady things. I have to deal with the haters, with the translator, with the guy who did the picture on YouTube, with a sponsor. Because yeah. I, I don't have the money to produce the video by myself. It's too much money right. compared to what I get. So I need to find sponsor for that. So it's like 
contract everything. It's it's take a lot of time and yeah, a lot of dedication and yeah, that's the parts the you know the shadow parts. People yeah, because people don't, don't see, see that. that too. It's like you know we just got one of our first sponsors lined up and like every show before this, it's just been me doing something I'm passionate about and like doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I pay for this out of my own pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, like and and I and I realized and knew it's going to be that way for a while. Mm. You know, eventually, hope it catch on. Like. You know, I get a lot of feedback too, and I'm sure you get this. Like, what the only thing I've been surprised about, and I wonder how much you have this. Like, how much trolling did you get early on? Like, what I think is funny is everybody gives me like, it's funny. It's the only trolling I've gotten so far, other than my friends just being the jackass friends that I have, you know, just busting my balls. But aside from that, it's like, what do you think you're Joe Rogan? I'm like, shit. If you think I'm Joe Rogan, that's badass. Because yeah. that dude gets paid millions of dollars to do his even, podcast. Even the cheapest Joe Rogan, I take that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the cheapest. That's okay. Rate. This kind of Joe Rogan, yeah. I am. I'll, I'll be his stunt double. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. that, that's awesome. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I would never care about that. But, like, it's funny that, that people just assume or, or do those things when you're, when you're setting that up and you're doing those things. Because I get... You know, I've had a lot of feedback, too. And, you know, it's something Biz and I have talked about and had meetings. I'm sure it's different in your format, too. Because, I mean, like, what's the longest video you have mm. on there? Probably two, two hours and a half, probably. Two hours and a half? And that's, yeah. like, what, a seminar? Uh, it's a video when I'm with two priests, two Catholic priests, and they answer the question of my subscribers. Okay. Yeah. So you said do that. It's a so long like- discussion with two Catholic priests smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it That's is. That's absolutely <laughs> badass. Yeah, it is. I, I'm, I'm working on something like that myself that I think would be an epically good show. <laughs> but that, that's the same thing. I mean, we're on here from anywhere from an hour and 45 minutes, two hours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback I get is, you know, the, the other generations in my, and, you know, like you said, they throw all those stats at you and stuff all mm-hmm. the time. And it's like people on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, they're watching from 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then they're checking out. They may check back in, but that's about the longest you get most of them on there. So everybody's like, well, you need to break your episodes up into like segments. I'm like, okay, maybe from an editing standpoint, and I can post some shorter videos, but to me, I, I'm not I sure. don't want to take I'm not away sure from it. Because y- there is like a, a kind of like a mistake you can do with a watch time, because on a show like you, you can see like okay, the average watch time is thirty minutes, so you can trust. Firstly, you can trust maybe it's too long, but the thing yeah. is now because people see in um, different parts. Mm-hmm. They take the car to go, you know, to work. They have thirty minute drive. Yeah, they they watch the first thirty minutes. Then on the way back, they watch the second minutes. thirty minutes and everything. Yeah. so it cuts your watch time. But finally, people see the show. Nobody really in a show in a podcast like that. Nobody really see 50 minutes and stop. Like, no, if you, if you stay during 50 minutes, you're definitely you're inter- gonna watch the rest. interested yeah. by the show. So you're going to stay for the rest. But so, yeah. yeah. But it's a problem with long video. It could have, people don't have time. So yeah. it's, it's got your watch time. But, you know, the video I made with the priest made a very good stats. Better than I was expected. I was like, okay, it's priest talking during two hours and a half. We probably never do more than 100,000 views, something like that, was, was the lowest rate for me. Yeah. And finally, we did more than 300,000. I was like, oh, and the comments was incredible. People was like, 
yeah, all the questions I was questioning myself all my life, the answer is. So, now, that's, yeah, and, but for, for answering your question about trolling, the thing is, I didn't have, I have a, a little bit of trolling, but I have a lot more of hating. The yeah. thing is, when you're in my position, yeah, and uh, you know, the thing is, I, like I said, I don't do politics on my channel, but I do right. gun, I do hunting, I do things like that. And on other media, when I'm asking by like interview, interviewing or media, they, they ask me about politics, everything. So I got so much hate, man. You can't even imagine. If you go on Twitter and you just write my name, I, I give you 100 bucks if you find a good tweet about me <laughs> during the first 15 minutes. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, there is around 20,000 and 30,000 hating tweets about myself a each year. Yeah. So, so you, you pay attention to Twitter? No, I never. But the thing is, it's still hard. Even if you don't, yeah. if you, if, even if you like me, you're like, don't tell, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of friends YouTuber. Yeah. You know, you, uh, so I love a lot of friends who do the same thing than me, like in different way, but YouTubers. Yeah. And I'm probably the guy who pay the less attention of hating and everything. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about that. But even yeah. when you're in my position, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Because sometimes you're just tired of that. You're like, man, I try to do something great. I try to do something and sometimes helping people and everything. And you just Somebody get shit, talk shit and shit. And the thing is more for me because my community, people will love me because there is people who love what I do. That's why I do so much views and everything. I got yeah. my subscribers. But these kind of people are quiet people. They're yeah. country people. They're not comments. They're not going on Twitter. They're not so. Yeah. So nobody is here for defend yourself. Yeah. You see? There is only the fucking hating guy who got no life, fucking city guy with absolutely no life, leftist people, transgender, yeah. I don't know, like all these fucking things. They're all right. here because they don't have anything else to do than getting on Twitter and jerking on, you know, hentai video. So that's a fucking 100% of the life. So there's this yeah. guy are here. But the other side, the guy who love what you do, they never say something. They're just watching. Yeah. Get back to the work. <laughs> get back to the cornfield. So you don't hear the you know? good stuff as much You're, as the bad you, at you, a certain point. You heard it because I, I receive between 300 and 600 messages by day on Instagram. And I read everything. And I read also every comments on YouTube channel. It's yeah. more than 1,000 on every video. So you see good things. But the thing is, it's never... It's never people, like I said, defend you. Like, it's yeah. people saying, oh, I love what you do, and that's it. But when people talk shit about you, there is, there is no, nobody to answer. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes. Because yeah. you can't answer. Because it's always people who's lower than you. You know, you and never, no you, you, you never trash talk by people yeah. who, get, who got more subscribers than you. That's always people who are looking for fame. They're yeah. looking for you fame. They want you. They pray for you to answer. So yeah. I will not do that. So yeah. sometimes people talk like me, shit, like they just created a new life for me, like totally new. And you're <laughs> like, nobody gonna never answer to this fucking guy. I never go gonna cross his road, so I can't punch him in his face. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I have to deal with that. Sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's hard. I, yeah. I will not lie, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it is, because I mean, at a certain point, it's got to wear on you too. I mean, I'm probably gonna have to have you like, go through these comments with me and translate. Yeah, you can, you <laughs> like, can show me. Yeah. Some are actually in English. These people are like, 
they're blowing it up. I mean, like I've never seen this on YouTube. Like, shouts this is, out to France. Yeah, they France are in is the like, building. I mean, how many yeah. It's like what two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. In yeah, France? it's two o'clock. Yeah, thanks. Merci les gars. Merci d'être là. Même au milieu de la nuit, on est là. Yeah, they're 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 loving you, bro. I mean, they're they're over here giving you all kinds of compliments and stuff. I mean, I I don't know what half of it says, but it, it's uh. There, there is a lot of very consistent stuff, though. So, like, that... Yeah, that, I don't know what this thing is they're talking about, but I'm not going to bring it up because it looks like it's something that is something else. So we'll leave that alone for later. The last <laughs> comments, it's about something else. So, so are you not allowed to on? talk about cigars in France? Because I see a lot of things about something about cigars in France. Yeah, I'm probably the, the number one cigars YouTuber in France. So Okay. Cause I didn't do just cigars, you, you see. So right. yeah. So um, uh, let's say that me and some other guy we like doing a revival of cigar in France. Yeah. Cause cause of the law, you know, in France it's uh, you can't smoke in a restaurant. It's like yeah, you can't smoke in a restaurant. You can't smoke in a bar and everything. Nothing. Right. Like, Nothing. Because no, I know cigarettes were lounges? big back in the day. Mm -hmm. Do they have cigar lounges? Not so many, very, very, very few. few. So, like in Paris, it was a big city. There is only two cigar lounge. Wow. So there is but not so much. But everybody smokes cigarettes. Uh, yeah. A lot Six, of cigarettes. 60% of people yeah, smoke cigarettes. So the thing is, cigarettes, it's quick to smoke. Mm -hmm. Cigarettes, you, have to, to, uh, you, you need to have time for that. So in France, that's not the same weather than here, except in the south. So okay. it's, rain, it's raining a lot. So people are going to not smoke on the terrace. People don't have cigar lunch. So the only place people can take, you know, the time, time to smoke, it's home. But majority of the time, your wife don't want you to smoke on the yeah. dining room or something, or the bathroom. So, so cigar starts to, you know, decrease a lot during these past 50 years. Because that, like, cigars was a thing, like, back in, before the 60s or before the 70s. Every male, every white male in France smoked cigars at the end of the meal. That was a big tradition. Yeah. And it just, people just lose it a little bit. So me and some guys, young guys, you'd say like 30 years old guys, we just yeah. put more, like the fame back on it. And I got a lot of new guys, of young guys, who start to be interesting about cigars because they saw me and uh, I explained something about cigars. And so there is a, like kind of like a revival right, currently in France. Oh, that's so cool. people got a lot of questions. Yeah, okay, that's cool. That, mean, that makes sense. That's why I'm... Uh, I'm seeing a lot that I don't understand, but cigars just keeps popping up. It's probably, maybe, I can't, can't maybe yeah, I can watch it. Yeah. And I can it's, tell you. Yeah, so they're talking about it. a person. Uh, something happened. I don't know. There is a, something will pop on it. Uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not usual with the apple, so. Apple's yeah, the well, shit. We'll just scroll it's shit. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I told you there's a whole ton, like. Um, Ladies and gentlemen listening, do not worry. We are still here yeah, with you. We're, we're he is still analyzing the you. comments from all the great people in France right now yeah. so he can help us translate and make sense out of what is going on as yeah. the program continues. Yeah, we, we, we need a little help here because, you know, I don't speak French. I, I, I need, like, my father-in-law or my sister-in-law here. They both speak French. Really? I yeah. just... just it is a... There's a love joke. I be listening to when him and his friends talk... 
And I be trying. Like, I'm struggling with Spanish as it is. Oh, but now you yeah. want to put, I got to learn French now because I work with them. It's like, man. Yeah, there is a lot of joke. And there is a lot of people who just, because they, they didn't expect me to see the, the chat. So they just talk, you know. Talking in smack. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> okay, there it is. So, continuing on. So, we talked about your next level, all the other crazy things that you do. So, being that the things that you do for a living are relaxing, is there anything that you do on your downtime that doesn't have to do with smoking a cigar or hunting? Or benching. Or, or bench pressing. Like, is there any other hobbies that you have? I've been to his crib. Everything is hunting, smoking, <laughs> and bench pressing. So it's like, do you have any other... Cooking. Cooking. There you go. Yeah. I don't uh, like... In, actually, I don't like cooking. I like eating, so I have to cook. <laughs> so I'm a pretty good cooker. He's Every time cooker, I come over, he cook, literally cook, has cook, something cook, on a smoker. I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah. Every time I come over, there's or something chef. grilling. Yeah. <laughs> not all, I, I'll I'll not say chef. Little chef stuff in there. I'll bet you with the wild <laughs> game, you've got some pretty good <laughs> chef yeah. stuff. So, yeah. You so got to literally meet you outside your house. The other thing is cinema. Like theaters, going to the theaters. I love movie. Yeah. So, what's your favorite movie? Uh It's really Uh hard to tell. It's really hard. All right, give us your top three. Mm. It's a standard question. So, because there is some French movie you probably don't know, but in that's fine. You can say you got a lot of French people on here. They'll know what movie you know. Um, I'm I'm a massive fan of '90s or '80s movie, like action movie, you know, like yeah. ret- retro action. I already movie. know what you're gonna say. Like, I bet you I know. Uh, I don't know, like Over the Top with Stallone. Yeah. You see this kind of movie, yeah. Over the Top, Demolition Man. This kind of movie, I love Over that. the Top. I okay. haven't thought about that so long. He's got the exactly. <laughs> He's got the band. So yeah. if you like just... action movies, my favorite French director. Let me see if I do this right. If you know who this is, Luc Besson. Yeah, Luc Besson. Yeah, the yeah. professional. Leon yeah, the professional. So much yeah, oh, you yeah. like Leon? That's yeah. my wife's. <laughs> Come on, that's man. my wife's favorite movie. The dude that She'll plays the it. professional, I forgot his name. He's a French actor, but he's yeah, Jean Reno. Yes, excellent dude, man. Yeah, like, yeah, but that's a good movie. That was the first time I really yeah. kind of started paying attention to French cinema. And I seen the professional. I was like, yo, action. So they also, um, oh, um, come on, Jason Statham. Uh, when he drives, the tra- uh, the transporter. Oh, transporter. That was based out of France as well. He, uh, I, don't French know, I don't remember. Too. Yeah. Layer cake. Yeah. Layer cake. This, kind, this kind of movie. I, I really, really love all the Clint Eastwood movie. Okay. Um, even when he's not Dirty acting, Harry. Uh, yeah, Dirty Harry. But yeah. even when he's not, not acting, just, you know, when directing. He, he's directing. directing. I love this movie. Even like Cry Macho, the last one, or yeah. The Mule, or you know this kind of movie. Did you like ever see uh, the Chris Kyle? Uh, what is it? Uh, movie you see? Lupin, um, the sniper, the Chris Chris Kyle. Oh, Chris yeah, yeah. Kyle, yeah, American yeah. Sniper, mm-hmm. American Sniper. I met him a week before he died. Oh man! Uh, and it was like one of the coolest experiences. I was at a golf tournament, and it was a fundraiser for a political event. I didn't know. I, we were one of the last groups to come off. I came in the back, sat down in some chairs that were against the back wall, and this dude could have looked like you, just tall, skinny dude, ball cap, Wranglers, and a T-shirt on. We just sat and started talking, talked for like 30, 45 minutes, and then he was like, the guy finished 
saying what he was saying up front. And he's like, oh, I guess I got to go, man. He's like, good talking to you. Shook my hand. Walks up there. And it was Chris Kyle. He started talking about his book and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, he he had told me about another event he was going to do. And I was like, cool, I'll come. I'll get your book. And maybe I'll get you to sign your book this time. He was signing books there. I wish I'd have got him to sign the book there. But I'd planned to go to his other event because he just told me about it. And then he gets killed a week later. And I was like, man, that is that's that's, well, a that's, that's wild. A but yeah, that, that's that's up there on my list too, man. Yeah. That that was a great the book was way better than the movie though. Oh yeah. You had a chance to read the book. Okay, like that, yeah. Yeah, maybe the book, yeah. the book was legit. So yeah, I read. I read a lot. Read mm-hmm. I read. You read. Yeah. yeah, I read a lot too. That's something you can't put on social or something. There is no content about that. But I read a lot of, of book. So I never read fiction, but yeah. it's always like like the 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 book I'm actually re- I'm currently reading. It's about all the history of French Louisiana, okay. you know, like during the from the foundation to the state we know today. Yeah, so that's this kind of book. I love that. Ah, cool. I'm gonna have to plan a duck hunt or something on an airboat mm-hmm. in Louisiana because I w- I want to go with you now. Like I think you're gonna lose your mind when you get to go out in the swamp. Oh, for sure, hunt. for sure. Yeah, I'm I sure. It's gonna it's gonna probably remind you of home and everything else. Like I, I only had like a I think we had an hour layover in Paris, so that's like my most experience of being in Paris. Like in the airport. Yeah, in the airport. I mean, we didn't leave the, the airport. Airport in Europe. Huh? Yeah, so it's a big airport. Yeah, I was on our way to Spain. I'm so. living 15 minutes from here. Okay. Oh wow. I used to live 15 yeah. minutes from this airport. Because okay. it's not really in Paris, you know, it's Paris airport, but it's one hour from Paris. Okay. What's your favorite place you got to travel other than Texas? I mean, I know Texas is your favorite, but uh, you've gotten to travel the world a lot. So what's your... So it's dipping off for what doing it on it. Okay. So say your top three, and it could be for all three different reasons. Like so your, maybe I, your favorite place you went hunting, I favorite love, place you got to go with like, you know, your bench press. I love Africa for, yeah. hunt, for hunting. Yeah, Congo. what part of Africa? Congo, the Congo. Oh, yeah, so I God, do. I'd be North, so scared to do that. I, I did a lot of North Africa, like to, uh, oh man, in English it's hard. Tunisia, yeah, Tunisia, yeah. Tunisia, yeah. Algeria, Algeria, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Morocco and Egypt, and and in in the Central Africa I did I did a uh, uh, Congo and Ooh. Congo is for hunting it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because I like wildlife you know when it's and yeah. and africa it's the widest tigers of, and lions and everything so else. it's more that that's so you don't have a lot to really carry a lot about lion it's more about snake spider everything like yeah. that it's pretty more like texas but it's worst like yeah. you see some Way black mamba black mamba something like that so you're like shit if you walk in it you just Die because there is here in Texas, you get bite by a rattlesnake. You can call 911, you got a chance to survive. But in Africa, there is no 911, they don't yeah. have any hospital. Like, the only good hospital is like five hours driving or something, and you have like one minute <laughs> before yeah. dying. So it's, it's, no, it's, yeah. Why the hell would you want to go out there then? Yeah, I'm out <laughs> on that. Like, you, you lost me on that one. Have you ever been, you know, the, the second, or actually, they said it's more deadly than Africa is Australia. 
Yeah, yeah, I never go. Back. I never go. Yeah, it's it's probably the most cool. yeah the most dangerous country in the most world. deadly animals yeah. of all. Like. And if 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 it's just for hanging out, I like I like East Europa. I love Russia, even it's when it's not for hunting. Like Moscow, Saint Petersburg, it's a very cool city. Poland too. Poland is cool. Like Krakowia, yeah. Krakowia. If I, if you just want to hang out, there is a lot of just. Street, you can walk, walking street, you can't go with your car. You just walk on the street. There is a lot of bar, cheap beer. It's cool. Poland is cool. So, yeah, this kind of, you know, this kind of country. I don't have, I, I'm not very about touristic place. But at the end, if I have to choose one country, it's France. Because, like, in France, if you want to see things like when I see things it's different things everywhere France is the best choice because you got biggest history you're the biggest like astronomy cultures things like diff- yeah the, the most different biotop because you're in France you're like let's say you're where I grew up it's forest and tramp you just go 100 miles from the east it's mountain and snow and pine forest you go 300 miles from the south and it's like like the air everything dry you know big beach everything so you got all the different biotop all the different nature in a in a small country yeah, so it's, like it's not so small but it's it's texas is one and a half bigger than france yeah. so you see it's not so small. france is not so small compared to other european country but it's yeah. small compared to here and you can get all the different biotop all the different weather and and the regional culture is very different from a part of the of france to another part like where my wife wife grew up and when I grew up, we don't we don't eat the same food. We don't have the same accent. We don't do the same sports. You know, everything yeah. is very different. You have different climates, cultures, exactly. everything, and all within exa- just like exactly, Texas. Uh, exactly, exactly, monuments and everything. Sports. So, what's a pop? What's the popular sport of choice in France? So, if you want to go directly to the most popular, there is two teams: soccer and rugby. You can yeah. be a soccer guy, probably more people from the city and know probably more immigrants people. And country guy, r- rugby, for sure. Rugby, like in the south or in deep in the north, it's, it's kind of like a religion. Yeah. Like they, they, they raise, can, raise rugby, you know, they eat rugby. Yeah. They, the rugby is wow. a thing. Yeah. You ever play rugby? No, I was asked a lot because of my Size, <laughs> my body. Yeah. I, I'm 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 short and I'm white, so there is a post was made for me in rugby. But I know I I never play. I just go watching a lot of match because I like the ambience and everything, and I like the sports. It's it's mainly sports, very cool. And and France is a very very good team, probably in the three biggest like strongest team in in the world. See, I thought it was just fencing. You know, I didn't think it's about rugby and soccer. Of all uh, you think rugby is fancy? No, no, no. I thought that would be no, the popular sport would be fencing. fencing. With swords. I don't even know what's fencing. Oh. Swords. You know, fencing. Swords. <laughs> hey, look at that. He even know what the hell it is. So you know yeah, what I mean. Maybe in the 17th centuries. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not My since bad. 300 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little bit behind. So uh, uh, a fun fact about that. It's like until... Um, let's say 80 years ago like until this the 50s duel was still something people do in france not so much but you you see what you, yeah. you know what it is that yeah, duel. Okay, duel like we gun. got we got an argument and we say okay you can legally go out in the street on the morning you choose your weapons and we're gonna fight so it could be sword or pistol and the last one was in the 60s i think or in the 70s but that was the very last one but 
in the beginning of, of the 20th centuries or in the 19th century, that was like crazy. Yeah. People doing that every argument. <laughs> Getting a bar fight, end up a dead in a sword fight. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Tombstone in France. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's ask you some of our big questions that we do on this show because oh. it's that time. So <laughs> is that the same kind of question that they got like alien? No, 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 no. Oh, shit. no. I mean, we well, I can tell you first. directly. I don't trust any of this shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this is a little more deeper than so that. So when okay. are you going on your hunt for Bigfoot? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally oh, kidding. Shit, no, <laughs> you know, you know, like in fact, in really, if I have to choose between this three questions they got, it's ghost, Bigfoot, and alien. I think the <laughs> finally. So if there is more, uh, you know, like a percentage of change, something of this tree exists, it's Bigfoot. Because I can't trust that there is like kind of like a, I don't know, like just a monkey was a little bit bigger, like a alpha male monkey. Someone sees that yeah. and think it's a Bigfoot or just a trapper with a hairy problem. Okay, I can trust that more than fucking ghost. Or I don't know, like fucking, you know, a little... <laughs> Cornhead coming. So, <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, that have not seen Cigar Talk Live, which is what we're referring to, that the guys here at ICC they put on show. That's where he beat my record. He's been on there three times. <laughs> yeah. Throw that out there for you again. So he's the world record at Cigar Talk Live and Bench Press in Europe. So, they asked three random questions like, <laughs> "What do you think? Is are you more positive about there's a chance there's aliens?" Ghosts or Bigfoot? <laughs> that that's the kind of foolery that they like throw out there just to see what people are going to say, and that's the question they like to ask. But it's fun to hear the answer. It, yeah, it is fun, fun yeah, with a lot fun. of people it's to fun. hear it's the answer. It's fun, and it's also dramatic because a lot of people really trust on that. Did hey. they ask you? And I'll, I'll I'll say this: I don't want to kill the show or get us cut off. But <laughs> the other one they did to me is you. They they named three famous like women. <laughs> No, and they, and they, they ask you, you have to, Truth. you have to sleep with one, marry one, and kill one. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. They did that to me on one of the uh, episodes, and I was like, that's really? And it was like Betty White, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, and Martha Stewart. Okay, I don't know the first one. Betty they, uh, White, she's, she's the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls, like uh, famous older. Comedic actress. Okay, I, I didn't. So you would know. know uh, we could go with. Uh, I think of one you would know. What about Goldie Hawn? Do you know who that is? No. Okay, I'm trying to think of one. Who are we? What about Roseanne Barr? Do you know who that is? Uh, yeah. All right. So replace like her. Roseanne Barr. The same. Kind Oprah of Winfrey, or uh, Martha Stewart. I think Oprah should be maybe a good cook. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the one you'd marry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, you got to pick one. You got to put them into the three categories. Well, I'd marry Oprah in a heartbeat. <laughs> Dave Chappelle did it. That's a check. <laughs> yeah, that's a richest, too. So that's probably, Oprah is probably the richest of the, the tree. So for Mary, I mean, it's going to be, be a good choice. I mean, it'd be her and Martha Stewart. Well, I mean, mm, yeah. Martha, yeah. after she did her time, I don't know. She probably lost quite a bit of money there. No, she good. She smokes plenty of but weed she's older, Snoop Dogg. She, she's older, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Martha. They're all older. older. Yeah, so so I mean, they're all they're, old, they're, yeah, especially yeah. for you. You're 28, 29? 29, yeah. Okay, it's 29. These women, put it, put it this way, not a single one of them that they give you is under 65. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, but maybe so if I choose the holders, I have to spend less time with her. <laughs> you see? Yeah. So equal equal count. But it, that is not your question, right? You see, That's you have not a, a question. You have a real question. You, you just suggested I was going to ask you the crazy question, so I had to explain it to no, everybody. No, I didn't so I suggest that because <laughs> not everybody's seen that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's it's still good. So if you could only leave the audience with one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? <sighs> Trust your process. When someone, when you want to learn something by, you know, trust the process, I mean, learn something. And when, yeah. when you learn something you don't know, already know, try to learn something. And when you learn something, trust the process. Just choose the good people to teach you and trust what it tell you you know even yeah. if you feel bad if and if you if it's strange for you or something at the end you're gonna be, be better you know yeah. like uh, currently i i learn team roping you know, I take lesson of roping, team roping. You're taking yeah. team roping lessons yeah, yeah. I'm now. Gonna, uh, I yeah. told y'all he's going full Texas redneck. <laughs> so, so, and so I'm working for doing a competition maybe next year or something okay. of team roping. So it's a girl who's teaching me, but she's yeah. very good of course. And man, everything is hard for me. I, I don't have the body for doing some swing or everything, riding horse, everything. Even if I'm, I'm already a horse rider, it's, you know, it's a different way. So I do yeah. I just trust the process. I remember how I, how I learned how I learned bench press. You know, I remember didn't understanding anything of what my coach asking me and just doing the thing. At the end, I became a champion. So I do the same for team rapping. I just yeah, her. You know, I just lis I'm just listening, doing what she want to me for to me to do for me to do. Yeah. and I trust the process. So what do you do? You do a lot of things to put yourself in situations where you're around people that are not like you or that you can learn things from that are completely different? Is that something that you as soon as try I, to do? I should or I, is it more that it's you find something new that you want to try and then you seek yeah. out somebody to mentor you? I have you to in be interested specific. about that. As okay. soon as I'm truly interested about a thing, I just never say it's not for me. You see? You if try I'm it. Yeah, if, I, if I'm interested about that, if I, if I get a feeling, I'm... I will not be the guy who say, yeah, I would love to do that, but it's not for me. Like a lot of guys told me before, like, oh, I would love to have your strength or your body, but the gym is not for me or something. Now, if you, if you like the result, it's for you. You, 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 you understand what I, yeah. what, what I mean? Like, find, you probably think it's not for you, but it is because if, it, if, if it was not, you you didn't you don't you didn't you like have my that thought yeah yeah so yeah if as soon as you you truly interested about something go on it and trust the process okay man is that a good uh, is that up. a good advice or is that shitty no, no I think that's, that's great straight. advice that was really straight I think that's great advice um, the other thing we ask people and this can really be anything like. It could be something that you thought of coming to the show, during the show, or just in general. That's something you haven't got to share. We call this segment My Two Cents, like giving me your two cents of knowledge or give me your common sense. You know, like, we, you know, the show's called Common Sense, so we say give us your two cents, and that can be, like, just something you haven't got a chance to say, something you want to say, 
something you want to put yeah, out can, there. Can you give me an example? Because I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. So what your two cents is, maybe a thought that if somebody younger to you would, I mean, it's, it's a thought about advice you would give, not like the last questions, but this is my two cents on the way that I live. My thought okay, process. Okay. So I this know. Is, I'm giving you everybody, if I was to give you some advice before you go off in the world, this is how I feel about anything that you're passionate about. Different from your last answer. Um, I'm not really sure of the translation, so maybe you have to correct me. So a lot of people say I'm revendic- revendicate. No, yeah. Vindicating? I'm, yeah, revendicating my way of life you see like uh i'm you're you're vindicating your way of life yeah like uh you know hunting you're promoting your way of life i'm not i'm just assuming what i am that's a difference you you understand that or it's not yeah i think what you i mean you tell me if i'm I'm not ashamed of what i am right you see you you are who you are and i and I'm, you're sharing your life because there are people that you found that are interested. It's not in about life. sharing. It's more about being proud of, you know, like of I just, you I'm who you are. proud of just, just, um, huh, I don't know the good word. Because uh, um, in French, it's assume, but it doesn't mean the same thing in English. So it's like, I'm, I accept what I am. You know, I accept it. Like, I'm a man, sometimes I got silly, I got silly things, uh, I like silly things, like I say, over the top, you see? Mm-hmm. When you ask me, oh, what movie do you like? I could say some, in, you know, like clever movies, some, yeah. uh, you know, intelligent movie. But I like over, over the, the top. top. I will say it. Yeah. I will never cheesy eighties movie. I will never be like ashamed of what I am. Right. I like monster truck. I like monster drama. I like over the top. I like this kind yeah. of silly thing. I like I like doing farting, you know, uh, joke to my friends. That's yeah. real. I'm not revendicating. I'm not vindicating that. Like promoting that. Like yeah. do do fart uh, fart yeah. joke. No, but I'm not ashamed about laughing when my friend fart. Yeah, you see, Having and a good so it's joke. called be on everything. Yeah. Okay, I look like a redneck. I am. Yeah. And what? And yeah. I'm Catholic. It's really not famous to be Catholic in France, you know, being in yeah. a, a religion. I am. I am Catholic. I'm not promoting that. Oh, in a way, I'm promoting that, but by the way, because I just being share. Yourself. Exactly, because I share what I am. I'm not like, like you know, like today everybody's vindicating like uh, feminism, everything. They're yeah. gay. They want you to know everything. No, I'm not like that. I just, I am what I am. I show you. You like it, you don't like it. That's the same for me. You don't have me. to subscribe or watch. Mm, that's the same for me. Yeah. yeah. So I think more if I have an advice to go to a young guy, it's be yeah. you. what you are without any shame of what you are. Right. Just be it. I think that, and that's good. That That's more what we were asking. It's It's kind of like, what would your advice be? Like some advice you would mm-hmm. give or uh, a lesson you would like to share that, uh, that's something that's been on your mind. Like maybe you think people need to be more open or people need to, you know, embrace X, Y, Z more. Mm-hmm. That's more what give us your two cents. That's, that, that's what we're asking. So, yeah, that's it. Be, yeah. If you are a teenager, be yourself without any shame. And just remember... You only have one life in this video game was real life. Yeah. You can't play back. You know, you can't just die and retry. You only have one chance. So go. See, that was it. 
We got it. You just <laughs> nailed it. That's exactly what my two cents is. Well, everybody, all our new listeners from France and around the world, we appreciate you joining us for the show. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned some things, had your eyes opened about some things, learned some good lessons. Hopefully you were able to take some good nuggets of information or inspiration from this show. Please check out his Bench and Cigars. I think you guys will love the videos and stuff. I mean, Biz is doing them, so, I mean, they don't suck. I can tell you that for sure. I'm learning. You know, but, you know, you're going to get to see him probably flying and freezing his ass off in a helicopter pretty soon. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I hope you got some, like, side footage of Biz, like, shaking no, and I don't know, trying to take his... He was on my back, so I didn't... Ch- yeah. I didn't he was too busy not aiming at the pigs. Cool. Yeah, I, he was too busy looking at pigs. I'm in so. the back praying. But, yeah. <laughs> But he's praying for both of us, so that's okay. <laughs> right I had on. you covered. I there had you covered. <laughs> well, everybody, we want to thank you for joining us. We're going to have another great episode for you next week. We hope you'll join us again. And, Baptiste, man, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, man. Man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so we we'll get a hunt in together, oh, maybe some yeah. fishing, and uh, we'll have yeah. some more stories for him next time. We'll do, definitely. All right, man. Take care, and thank you again for coming on the show. Au See you all next week. I appreciate it.